Welcome to Matt Noel Ministries Sermon Podcast. Feel free to download these sermons and share them with your friends and family. Thanks for listening. God bless. Good morning, church. We're just going to get into God's Word, and I'm just going to pray. Father, I just pray, God, that you would please just speak to your people through your Word, God. Minister to hearts, encourage people, and just do the work, Holy Spirit, that you have come to do. Lord, you've come to minister to people, you've come to comfort people, to strengthen people, to lead and to guide people. And so I'm asking you this morning, Holy Spirit, just to use your word, the truth of God's word, to minister to your people. In Jesus' name, amen. Um, There's a passage in the book of Exodus chapter 4 where God meets Moses in a burning bush. And God speaks to Moses and tells him, I want you to go back and I want back to Egypt and I want you to be the deliverer for the people of Israel. And Moses in this passage was, he expressed very much insecurity and a lack of confidence that he was the one to do this. He questioned God, how can I go? And one thing that Moses said to God was, I'm not very good at talking. I'm not very eloquent at talking. How will they listen to me? Maybe he had a stuttering problem and he felt how on earth would Pharaoh or the people in Egypt, how would they listen to him? They would probably laugh at him because of his speech impediment. And he told that to God and God told Moses Despite the lack of confidence that Moses had and expressed before God, God said, I will be your mouth. And we know the rest of the story that Moses did go and he sent Aaron with him just to talk for Moses on behalf of God. And God was faithful despite the lack of confidence that Moses showed and told God. We read another account in the book of Judges chapter 6 where God comes to Gideon. And he wants to raise Gideon up as a judge over the nation of Israel to rescue them. And and, and he says to Gideon, he says, rise up, O man of valor, O hero, another version of the Bible says. And Gideon says to God, my clan, my family, my people are the weakest. We're weak. How can I, from a weak people, Be the deliverer. Be a judge over Israel. And God showed himself strong for Gideon and raised Gideon up to be a mighty judge over the people of Israel, despite his lack of confidence. And that's what I want to talk to you about this morning from God's word. Is that we're living in a a day and age where we, we need to be confident, not in and of ourselves, in our own ability but our confidence in God and his truth. Confidence. I always tell, Cindy and I always tell our kids, when they go to school, when they're hanging with their friends and just going about their, you know, their lives, whether it's sports teams, in any area, we always tell them to be confident in who God has made them to be. Don't ever try to conform to be like other people at your school or to try to fit in by acting a certain way that's not natural. It's not who you are. It's not how you're wired. It's not who God has made you to be. 
And we're always telling them, encouraging that our, our kids in that area to be confident in who God has made them to be. This is vitally important because we're living in a world where everybody just wants to be somebody else, it seems. People are just, we're just not happy with how God has made us. And, and we're always striving and, and, and looking around this world at other people that we wish we were like that. We wish we were like them in certain areas. Like, I wish I was smart and had an IQ like Albert Einstein. Just let me be as smart as him and then everything would be fine. And maybe, maybe throw in his cool hairdo as well. Or I wish I was as strong as Captain America. You know, give me those biceps and those triceps and give me those pecs. Give me that six pack abs because the dude's like, the dude's ripped. He's massive. Give me those muscles and then maybe I will be confident and maybe throw in his cool shield as well because that's pretty rad as well. But maybe if I was as good looking as so-and-so or, or her or him, if I was just a little bit better looking, my hair, my, my skin, you know, maybe stretch back the, the skin of my face and inject some Botox in my face. You know, maybe maybe make me look like even let's let's be biblical here. Maybe look, I can look like Absalom, one of David's King David's son. The Bible says of Absalom actually in Second Samuel fourteen verse twenty five. It says, "In all of Israel, there was no man as highly praised for his handsome appearance." Speaking of Absalom, from the top of his head to the sole of his the soles of his feet, there was no blemish. In Absalom so there's there's the answer just make me God look like Absalom and then all will be well but I want to remind you that Absalom one time his flowing beautiful hair became caught in a tree and he's hanging there in a tree and at this time in his life people are not happy he's being chased down and they come and they find Absalom hanging in all of his beauty in all of his beautiful hair, and they stab him to death. That was the end result for Absalom. So maybe that's not going to be beneficial for you to have the looks of Absalom. But it's true that, that oftentimes we can find ourselves wanting to look or have attributes or be like somebody else. And that's just the reality of the world we live in. The reality is, is that when I was 19 years old, for some crazy reason, I don't know why, but I wanted to look like this one guy in this boy band named O-Town. I don't know the guy's name. I have, I've never known his name. I didn't care about his name, but I wanted to look like him. And so he had blonde hair. He had a jean jacket. He had some dimples. And I thought, dude was pretty good looking. I want to look like him because girls loved him. And so I went to the store, bought some hair dye. It turned orange, not yellow like him. And this is how I looked when I met Cindy. And praise God, by his grace and mercy, she liked it. She liked the way I looked. But we can all fall into this category of wanting to look or be like other people. And David speaks of this in Psalm 139, verses 13 through 14. David writes this, speaking to the Lord. Lord, you made all the delicate inner parts of my body. And you knit me together in my mother's womb. Thank you, Lord, for making me so wonderfully complex. Your workmanship is marvelous. How well do I know it? The Bible says that God knit you together. He formed your physical body inside the womb of your mother. 
You know, my mother-in-law, Judy, she does some knitting and she's really good at it. And she's made some gloves and some hats and we have actually this little blanket, this little throw blanket on our couch at home. And it has all sorts of different colors, but the reality is, is that when Judy decides to, to knit something, she decides the color. She decides the design of it. She, she decides what material she wants to use for it. She decides how long it's gonna be, how wide it's gonna be. She decides the, the type of pattern that this throw blanket will have. And that's the, true, the truth about God and how he knit you together. God decided how to make you. Right now, how you are, you are perfectly and wonderfully made knit together by the hand of God. And he chose exactly how you and I were to be physically. And so we should, we should stand in awe of how beautiful God has made us. The Bible says that in Psalm 139 that we are his marvelous workmanship. We're not a work in progress. God has made us a marvelous, marvelous thing. We're his workmanship. We are custom made by God. And you can't get anything better than that. When God makes something beautiful, you can't, you can't beat it. You can't surpass it. So you and I are beautifully and wonderfully made. And God has also given you and I certain gifts and abilities to use for him, to use for other people. Some of us are really good at working with our hands. Some of us are good with our brains. Some can sing and others for sure cannot sing. A former pastor of mine he wasn't the greatest singer. He could preach a storm out, but he, he, he said, when it comes to singing, I sing baritone. I sing the tone and you have to bear it. So some can sing, others can't sing. Some of us are musicians. Some of us are artists and some of us are athletic and others are mathletic. I don't know, but we all have different abilities that God has wired into each one of us. But truth be told is that we can all find ourselves struggling with being confident in who God has made us. And we can struggle in being confident in also what God has given you and I to do. When I was a teenager, most of my teenage years, if I'm honest with you, I was very insecure. I had very little confidence. I was skinny. And so being a skinny young man, I wanted to have muscles. And so I would, I would buy clothes, pants and shirts that were oversized and thinking that they would make me look bigger than what I was, but really it made me look awkward. When I was 17, I remember my face broke out in bad acne. I had pimples on my face and it really made me feel very insecure. I never wanted to go out in the daylight. I just wanted the light to be dimmed or go out when it's nighttime. I was very insecure and so the doctor prescribed me this medicine. It was like a mascara and you'd rub it on your acne and it would, it would fight it you know, as a medicine but it would also look like a, a, a form of makeup to cover up some of the red. And so I put this on to try to make me feel more confident because of my acne when I was a young man. And I remember one time I was hanging out with some friends and one guy looked at me and called out in front of everybody and said, are you wearing makeup? And he called me out and it was so humiliating, so embarrassing, but I was so insecure because of my skin. And I prayed every day, Lord, take this from me because it just weighed me down and made me feel so awful. And I remember when I met Cindy, my now wife, 
um, she seemed to look past it. And I always questioned, does this beautiful woman not see the way that I look? And, and, and there was times if we were out hanging out with friends that I would slip out, you know, to go outside in, in the night because it was dark and she thought I wasn't interested, but I was just so insecure of how I looked. And so one day I knew I had to tell her because I was really starting to have feelings for her and I wanted her to know that I wasn't not interested, I was just insecure. And so I actually told Cindy, I said, you need to know that because of the, the acne on my face, I feel very insecure. And she tells me to this day that that was the moment she knew I was the one for her because I was able to be open and honest with her about my lack of confidence in, in my skin as a young man. And so we all have these feelings, but we need to remember that we are knit together by the hand of God. And we live in a world and a culture with people always stating their opinions on television, on magazines. We have all these celebrities who are fake and they're plastic people, basically. We have social media and we have our own thoughts. We have our own thoughts that are always in opposition against us who God has made. And we have the enemy lying to us, trying to tell us that the way that we look, the way that God has formed us physically, in our bodies, the way he's designed us, it's not good enough. And we hear that from so many different sides as we live our lives, but we are a marvelous workmanship. And David was confident in that. David knew, and that's why he wrote this scripture, inspired by the Lord, so you and I can remind ourselves that God has formed us and we're fearfully and wonderfully made in how we appear. And it's for a reason. God has designed you physically, emotionally, mentally. God has made you perfectly for a perfect reason. A reason of, of, uh, that he wants to reveal in your life. He, he's designed you perfectly to fit his calling. To fit his destiny for your life. Of what he has required for you to do. You are made perfectly for the job that God has given you. And that's my second point I want to talk about this morning. David not only was confident in how he was made, but David was confident in what God had called him to do. We all have a purpose. We all have something that God has given for us to do. And we want to do it well. And it's our desire to serve God well, to serve people well. Whether it's our job or whether it's a ministry, whether it's within our family, our marriages, as a father, as a mother, whatever responsibilities we have, these are things that God has given to us. He's entrusted these things to us. And oftentimes we can feel like we're just failing in those areas. God doesn't want us to feel like we're failing. Even if we do fail, he wants us to get back up and say, Lord, give me the strength or give me the grace so I can do what you've called me to do. Sometimes even for myself personally, it's, it's hard to prepare for, for ministry, whether it's leading worship, you know, or, or preparing a sermon or whatever capacity of ministry. There's, there's opposition. There's things that try to make me feel just like I don't want to do it. But God gives me grace. God gives you grace to do what he's called you to do. And David shows us that he was confident in this area. The enemy wants to try to rob you of confidence in what God has given you to do. And we need to hold on to confidence in the Lord that he will give us grace and wisdom and strength 
and ability to do what he's called us to do. I want us to look here in the book of 1 Samuel 17. This is a very familiar passage of the Philistines at war against Israel. And they have a champion Goliath that is saying, somebody come and fight this champion Goliath. And we know that nobody wanted to do it. Everybody was scared. But David says, don't worry, I'll fight this giant. And we read in 1 Samuel 17, verse 32. David says to King Saul of Israel, don't worry about this Philistine. David told Saul, I will go fight him. And Saul says, don't be ridiculous. There's no way you can fight this Philistine and possibly win. You're only a boy. And Goliath has been a man of war since his youth. But David persisted. I've been taking care of my father's sheep. He said, when a lion or a bear would come and try to steal the lamb from the flock, I go after it with a club and I rescue the lamb from its mouth. If the animal turns on me, I catch it by the jaw and I club it to death. I have done this to both lions and bears. Could you imagine a bear coming at you and he grabs it and he takes a club, not a rifle or a gun. He takes a club and beats that thing to death. This is what he's telling King Saul. I've done this to lions and bears and I will do it again to this pagan Philistine too. Because he has defied the armies of the living God. The Lord who rescued me from the claws of the lion and the bear will also rescue me from the Philistine. And so finally Saul consents and says, all right, go ahead, he said, and may the Lord be with you. And then listen to what it says here. King Saul now gave David his own armor, a bronze helmet and a coat of mail. And David put on the armor, strapped the sword over it and took a step or two to see what it was like. David was not sure of how this was going to work. He has this armor on. He's not used to it. Now he's stepping, trying to walk in this armor. And it's just not going very well. And the Bible says that he says, I can't go to war in this armor. He said to Saul, I'm not used to them. And so David took off the armor and he picked up five smooth stones from a stream, put them into his shepherd's bag. And then armed only with his shepherd's staff and a sling, he started across the valley to fight the Philistine. Saul tried to give David his armor to wear so that David would be protected fighting against this giant. But David wasn't used to it, he said. David was a shepherd. He wasn't used to wearing armor. He was used to having a sling and a staff. And, and the Bible says he had a club to fight off animals trying to steal his sheep. But David knew, David knew that despite not having armor, despite not having a sword, David was confident that God had positioned him for such a time as this to be the one to take down Goliath. David knew this was, what, this was the job that God had given him to do. He was confident in what God had called him to do. He was. And if I'm honest with you, Throughout my years of ministry, confidence in what God has called me to do has always been a fight. It's always been a struggle. I've had to wrestle with it. And I thank God I've not given in to opposition trying to make me quit or make me just do something else. You know, this, this, this lack of confidence, these feelings like I'm not able, I'm not strong enough, I'm not smart enough. You know, and, and, and I would have times where I'm just crying out to God, Lord, help me to do. I believe you've called me to preach, God, 
to preach your word and I've been trying to do it faithfully, but this opposition against my confidence has been so real. But by God's grace, I keep moving forward with my wife together. We move forward in confidence and God helps us and gives me the ability and us the ability to do what he's called us to do. And he makes us confidence, but the Lord is teaching me still in my life to fully trust him. Not to try to rise up and stir things up in my own ability, but he wants me to trust him. He wants you to trust him and to fully rely upon God. And we find some comforting words from the Apostle Paul, great man of God. Paul wrote most of the books in the New Testament. He was used by God mightily. And listen to these words, be encouraged by these words from this great man of God, this great preacher of the gospel. He says in 1 Corinthians chapter 2 verses 1 through 5, when I first came to you, dear brothers and sisters, I didn't use lofty or impressive words. I didn't have impressive wisdom to tell you God's secret plan. For I decided, Paul says, that While I was with you, I would forget everything except Jesus Christ, the one who was crucified. I came to you in weakness and in being timid and trembling. And my message and my preaching was very plain. Rather than using clever and persuasive speeches, I relied only on the power of the Holy Spirit. Man, that's what I want to be. I want to minister by the power of the Holy Spirit. I don't want to be so caught up in trying to be eloquent and persuasive in my speech. I don't want to woo you with definitions and, 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 and all these fancy slogans. I can't do that. Like Paul, I don't have that wisdom, but I want the Holy Spirit power to be at working through my ministry, however it seems. And I love how Paul says, I came with just very plain words, nothing fancy. God's not interested in in, in fancy ministry, fancy work. He's not looking to you to be more fancy and more eloquent. He's looking that the Holy Spirit can be used through your life at what he's given you to do on the job, with your marriage, with your children, in whatever circumstance, whatever position God has given you, he wants the Holy Spirit to be at work through you. That's where lives can be changed. That's what people are looking for. The world's not looking for, you know, someone to, you know, sweep them off their feet with some fancy sermon or fancy Bible study. The Holy Spirit wants to bring life through our simple and plain words of Jesus Christ. Amen. And he wants to show that it's in our weakness. It's in our feelings of being, feeling like we're not able, like we're not, we're not good enough or smart enough or strong enough. That's the time the Holy Spirit becomes strong and works through his people. And Paul continues, he says, I didn't, I did this so you would not trust in human wisdom, that you wouldn't be confident in human wisdom, but you would be confident in the power of God. Amen. Paul felt weak. He felt fearful. He would tremble as he did what God told him to do. God told him to be a messenger of the gospel. God commissioned him to to preach Jesus Christ. He didn't just do it on his own. It was God's call. And Paul did it in fear and trembling. He didn't always do it in confidence. But that's where the Holy Spirit would work through him. 
in his weakness, his strength is made perfect. Amen. Again, he says, my message was very plain. I relied only on the power of the Holy Spirit. What does man know in our world that ever could be greater than God? What can, what, any professor, any teacher, what could they ever teach you and I that could ever be more wise than what the Holy Spirit could teach you? What could ever a man say to you that could ever be greater than God? What could man do ever that would be greater than what God has done and than what God could do? What could man offer you ever in your life that could ever be greater than what God wants to offer you and what God wants to give you to do? God wants our confidence to be in Him alone by the power of the Holy Spirit. Philippians chapter 1 verse 6, Paul says, I am certain, I am certain that God who began the good work within you, you will continue his work until it is finally finished on the day when Jesus Christ returns. Amen? God has started a work in you. God has started a work in me. And God promised that he will complete that work. He will finish that work. Wherever you are on your journey of trying to do what God's given you to do, God promised he will complete it. And it's not going to be by your own wit, by your own wisdom, by your own ability. It's going to be by the power of His Spirit. Amen. Jesus speaks of this in John 15. Jesus says, I am the true grapevine and my Father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch of mine that doesn't produce fruit. And He prunes the branches that don't bear fruit so they will produce even more fruit. Jesus says, you've already been pruned and purified by the message I've given you. And listen to what Jesus says. He says, remain in me and I will remain in you. Because a branch can't produce fruit if it's severed from the vine. You cannot be fruitful unless you remain in Jesus. Yes, I am the vine. You are the branches. Jesus says he's the vine and we Christians are the branches. Those who remain in me and I in them will produce much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. Did you know that? Never try to do anything apart from the power of Jesus Christ by his spirit. We cannot do anything. We are branches. Christ is the vine. And all that health and all that life comes through the vine. And that life then goes and enters into the branches that's where the fruit comes from. That's where the life comes from. That's where the power comes from. A branch, you and I can do nothing in and of ourselves. And that's why Jesus says, abide in me, remain in me. Every morning when you wake up, come to me, remain in me. I provide life. I am your source of life. I will produce the fruit in your life. Don't strive to make more fruit. It'll never work. But let the Father, who is the vine dresser, come and prune you in your life. Come and He'll come and just cut off things from your life that needs to be trimmed in any area. And sometimes it hurts and it's hard and it can be it can be painful. But then more fruit comes forth because that life from Christ can flow more through your life and through my life. And so as we live our lives. And as we go about our lives in the body that God has given us, with the mind that God has given us, with our intellect, with, with the, our abilities and our gifts and, that God has given us, and as we do 
Each day, what God has given us to do, it has to be done by the power of the Holy Spirit, and we must remain in Jesus. We must remain as branches attached to the vine, allowing the life of Christ to flow through us. Amen. I close with one last verse, Jeremiah 17, verses 7 through 8. It says, Blessed are those people who trust in the Lord and have made the Lord their hope and their confidence. You hear that? Blessed are the people that make God their confidence. They are like trees planted along the riverbank with roots that reach deep into the water. Such trees are not bothered by the heat or worried by long months of drought. Their leaves stay green and they never stop producing fruit. When we put our confidence in God and God alone, we are like trees planted by the river. And those roots from that tree go deep down into the ground and they are receiving all that nutrients from the soil and all that beautiful life from the stream, the river that it's planted beside. And it just stands there remaining faithful, remaining strong because God has made it strong. Have you ever seen a huge, massive tree? Even if the winds are howling and the storm is raging, that tree is not shaken. It might blow a little bit, but it, it's, it's unmovable. It just remains because of the power that, of life that's flowing up through the roots, into the vine, through the, the trunk, and into the branches. And it bears fruit every season. That can be our testimony as we continue to make God our confidence. And especially now, through this season we're in, we must keep the Lord as our confidence. We must stay close to Him, abiding and remaining in Jesus. And He's going to pull us through, and we're going to come through strong, and we're going to have fruit. We're going to bear fruit for the glory of God and for the blessing of people around us. Let's pray. Father, thank you for your word, Lord, and thank you for the example of the life of David, Lord, that we can see that he was confident, God, in how you made him, in who you made him to be, and in what you gave him to do. And Lord, even though he wasn't perfect, even though we are not perfect, God, David is such a wonderful example to see your faithfulness at work through his life, Jesus. And the Bible says that he was a man after God's own heart. And I pray, Lord, for every man, every woman, every child who's listening this morning, God, that they, Lord, would remain confident in you. And Lord, that they would be a people after God's own heart. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you this morning for joining us. We will see you next. Thanks for listening to Matt Noel Ministries Sermon Podcasts. I trust you were blessed by today's episode. We'll see you next time. God bless.